Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway, and today we have episode 57 with Morgan Price. And you can check out his website, morganpriceart.com, and see all of the work that we're going to be talking about. So you might want to do that before you get all set up to listen to this interview. Morgan joined us this last week via the Skype channel, and we talked all about his work, which mostly deals with printmaking and other 2D applications, some installation, and some sculpture. And we talk at great length, of course, about his studio practice, all the processes that he uses, and his thoughts behind the work. So we hope that you enjoy the interview. Of course, if you like this one, there's plenty of others at studiobreak.com. Again, you can search all of our archives by looking over on the left sidebar using the archive feature and going month by month. So please go ahead and do that. We do have a good variety of podcasts with some faculty members from Illinois State University, as well as Chicago area artists, regional artists, uh, national artists like Liz Tran that we had on last week. So please go ahead and check them out. There's a wide variety of them, all available at Studio Break. Each of those have slideshows. If you want to listen to the episode, just left-click that episode number and you can listen to it there. And also follow all those links. Of course, we are available in iTunes. Just search for Studio Break under Podcasts and you can subscribe there. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Studio Break, where we provide updates and preview some of the guests that we have coming up. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Studio Break, so please go ahead and do that. All right, we've got this interview coming up with Morgan, so please stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm happy to be joined today with Morgan Price. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And, um, you know, obviously we have kind of shared paths and that we'll be um, having solo exhibitions, uh, you know, May 11th at Jan Brandt Gallery. So, again, it'll be interesting to see how our work interplays. But I thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to talk to you about your work and to, to learn more about you, too. So exciting to have you on. Um, I always like to start off a little bit, but by just getting a little bit of a background and, you know, and to see, you know, where you're from in that. And obviously, um, you know, we can kind of discuss uh, some of your credentials. You hold a, a BFA from the University of Denver and an MFA from Wichita State University. Um, but let's let's go ahead and fill in all of those gaps a bit. So, um, you know, where are you from and how, how did that experience growing up where you're from um, maybe uh, impact your young life? Sure. Well, I uh, I was born and raised in a town called Hotchkiss in Colorado, uh, and it is a very very small town in western Colorado. I think Wikipedia lists it as having nine hundred people, but I would say it's a little bigger than that now. Uh, and I lived about about thirteen miles outside of town there, so that's where I lived until I went to college. And I definitely think that was sort of a shaping experience growing up. I wouldn't say in the middle of nowhere, but definitely very rural, very small area, very isolated. And, yeah, I think that it's the kind of thing, I guess, you know, I find myself redefining my life as time passes, where I look back and start waxing philosophical about things. (laughs) At the time, I could not not wait to get out of small-town life and to get to the big city and get around to excitement, and now I, I always cast such a nostalgic eye to my time living there. Sure. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, in terms of just 
redefining what my my idea is about identity and and again looking at um, some of your work and, and the way that you work through that you know I I'm from the suburbs and I feel like I've been I've been disconnected you know from from something that I'm longing for in my work so it's it's kind of interesting the way that I don't know that might play into both our works I guess yeah you know I uh, I always find it interesting people who do things dealing with the suburbs I have to say I grew up with sort of suburb envy <laughs> because uh just things like people who could trick or treat I thought that was that was <laughs> awesome you know just being able you know if I stayed in town I could spend the night I think once I spent the night at a friend's house for Halloween and actually got to walk around to to houses but otherwise you know the our nearest neighbor was about a quarter mile away and so I was I always grew up kind of envying kids who could hang out with a, a group of other people or do just all those little activities. Sure. Well, I mean, the it's like I said, it's interesting because you you have that kind of rurality, you know, being in, a, in such a small place. Um, is that something that I guess even now that you look at it, I mean, is that something when you dress it in your work um, in terms of, I guess, researching, you know, what you're looking at or the images that you use? Is that something that you think plays in there? I think the experience plays in a lot. I think uh, visually, not so much. Uh, And I had to kind of think about that for a while, and I kind of realized that uh, sort of the geography in some of those areas, it's very soothing and and kind of comforting for me, and rarely in my work am I addressing things that I find soothing or comfortable. So (laughs) that's sort of, I realize I'm... I relax there in a way that I don't in other parts of my life. But I think the experience of uh, somewhat isolation and spending extended periods of time alone and then interacting with groups of people and then interacting with progressively larger groups of people, I think that's something that has really shaped my work and something that I I cite quite often as sort of an inspiration you know, learning to be a, a social animal, I guess. Right, right. Well, and so, you know, being out in that area, um, you know, did you have a lot of exposure then in terms of taking trips to the cities or, you know, around the country? Or I, I don't know. It's just one of those things, especially when you're talking to someone, um, I don't know, like myself, that plays such an emphasis on place, you know. Um, it just makes me wonder. I mean, were you really active in terms of um, investigating that wilderness or – yeah, definitely. Uh, my parents my parents owned ten acres, but we had more land around than that, and so I, I spent a lot of time wandering around out just outside, wandering in that area. As far as visiting cities, that was something that we did uh, when I got older, a little bit older into like late into middle school and high school. We might take a, a yearly trip, usually around Christmas time. My parents would take a tip, trip to Denver and actually visit the big city. Otherwise, we'd visit Grand Junction, which is, I, I, I couldn't give you the population, but I would estimate it similar in size maybe to, to Bloomington. And uh, it's the largest city between Denver and Salt Lake City. So that was, you know, you'd go there to go to Target and get school clothes and things like that. Well, and so, you know, were you really active in terms of um, being interested in the arts? I mean, again, I think, you know, it seems like most kids are, you know, drawn to it when they're very young and then it kind of drops off. But was that something that you always pursued? 
it, it very much was. And my, my mother has an art history degree, so my parents really encouraged me artistically, and, and I always really enjoyed drawing, and it was something that, that yeah, my family was very encouraging of. So, so yeah, it was something I, I pursued quite a bit, and I, I've been very appreciative of how supportive they were. And my, both my parents were teachers, they're now retired, but my, they both went back to school when I was younger, and my mom was taking some education, K-12 education courses, and I didn't realize it at the time, but she, she would test out her art projects on my friends and I, so I'd have a friend come over, and my mom would come in and suggest, oh, why don't you guys try this nice. creative project? And then she would, you know, she would use it as, as sort of examples of how these projects might play out with real students. So I had no idea. Right, right. That's what was happening. And later on she told me, oh, yeah, you're my, my, uh, my guinea pig for some of the, the art projects. Sure. Well, and so, I mean, um, what kind of exposure did you have to, to the things that you were, I guess, playing around with? I think uh, media-wise, I think mostly painting. You know, sticking with with painting and drawing and uh, some basic, you know, clay work and things like like that. I, but I just think the the continued support and I would say my my parents were never ones who sort of said being an artist is an unreasonable thing. They, you know, they were always encouraging. So I think it was more that atmosphere. And then as far as exposure to art itself. I actually think that's something that that somewhat informs some of my format and way of working, which is that I most of my early art exposure I really consider coming from books and magazines, which I know are are poor substitute for real work. But you know, I think of these defining moments based on flipping through. Oh, I remember Smithsonian in particular would have the series of these incredibly sort of disturbing and graphic imagery of of tortured souls in hell. I remember this this elaborate triptych that just fascinated me. It wasn't Bosch, and I can't remember, you know, now I can't remember the, the painting, but uh, so a lot of my work, I, I, I work in similar sort of book magazine style format because it's one that I associate with sort of my early artistic connections. Right, right. Well, and is that something too... Um you know, in terms of the way that you kind of work through them, it seems like there's almost like a, a interest in kind of collaging these different moments in terms of your current work. Is that something that you ever explored when you were younger or something that came much later? I think it, it, it came later, uh, style-wise, and it was kind of figuring out... I think at times I have a, a somewhat disjointed mind and uh, sort of very straight, linear thought sometimes uh, gets a little frustrating for me. And, and for a long time, I was trying, I think, to make a little more work that was very, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but but sort of one thought stretched to its maximum completion. And that didn't work out very well for me. And so it was kind of an epiphany when I started taking more disparate elements and taking my ideas and sort of shuffling them together and seeing how they reacted to each other and figuring out how to, to merge them in. Sure. And, and I, I think one thing that, you know, would especially kind of flesh this, the, some of these ideas out or about how this transition type, type thing happens is, um, 
you know, what was it like going from, um, you know, where you grew up to going to going to school and going to, did you presumably study art as a, a career then? I did. I, I went to, to school to study art. Uh, I, my initial dream, my plan when leaving, when leaving Hotchkiss and heading to the big city, my plan was to be a, a, a children's book illustrator was my, my dream. That was what I thought would be a, a viable and plausible career path and, and life for me. And one of the things I think that started challenging me was just thinking with this idea of illustrating a book and, and doing the same s- sort of telling the story through a, a continued narrative that kept going and going. And I would find I would start losing interest it, when I tried to invent my own stories and tell them they kept shifting and evolving and becoming these never ending, constantly morphing things where I hated the beginning and, you know, everything I new thing I made, I hated the part that preceded it and lost the flow of them a little bit. And so what I think I still end up doing these days is I try to, I often try to tell the entire story in one piece, which involves taking, you know, taking all these elements and throwing them together into to one space and then moving on to, to the next story. It's it's interesting though because I, I was going to say that you know there's there's a level that you kind of are always I don't know looking looking at the past kind of how you were saying before um, I don't know maybe not through rose colored glasses but you're always trying to analyze things I think or um, see if if there was just something else going on that you were missing and so I'm just kind of curious what what took you towards uh, printmaking and and how did that um, experience come about Well the my f- I had done a, t- a tiny bit of printmaking in in high school, in you know screen printing a T-shirt with a stencil, and I did one linoleum block that I did very poorly and thought was a a frustrating exercise. But when I got to college, I was I went to a school that didn't have an illustration program or anything like that, which shows the the depth of uh, planning I suppose I, I had in my career choice. But I was really thinking that I would kind of be a graphic designer slash uh, children's book illustrator. And it was in the days of, of very, ra- well, I guess any days are days of rapidly shifting technology, but I was in a design class and all our computers were linked to one server in the classroom that would crash. Every computer would crash. I was working with Quark Express, I think, doing these layouts in this stuffy kind of dim room and all my friends who were doing studio arts uh, were taking printmaking which is at the same time so whenever I got breaks from the, the the stuffy computer room I would walk down and these people you know were cranking pieces of metal through through presses and they were just doing it looked so much more fun and so much more interesting uh, than what I was doing and I was I was also just realizing that I, I wasn't uh, really a, a computer-based art person. I just didn't really... I could see the people in, in my classes for whom it, it made a lot of sense and was more of a calling, and for me, I just I didn't feel that. So I, I took printmaking the next semester, and I think I think that, especially now, but and this, I, I suppose, is putting a narrative on, on my past events, but something that I think has always appealed to me is the idea of layering and kind of stacking information into uh, into an image. 
And that was something that I really liked about printmaking, being able to to add things in in that that manner. Well, and, and so what kind of, I mean, techniques were you exploring then, too? I mean, I, I would assume that you signed up for a printmaking class, like, the very next semester and got into that, or? Yeah, it was, uh, and we were on the, the quarter system, so we had, um, I, don't, I have to check now, I forget how long they were, we had, we did three, I believe, three ten-week courses, so the the print courses were divided by, by media, so I had missed the Intaglio class and took the relief class the next semester and then was in a woodcut frenzy for the next couple of years. I was going to say, it's interesting too, you know, one of the things that I was noting in, in terms of just, you know, looking over your work is that idea of layering and, and, you know, I think especially printmaking seems like it's so suitable for incorporating a, a variety of techniques. Yeah. And that was, I think, again, that was something that really appealed to me and appealed to that, that sort of aspect of my nature that, likes to bounce around between things. Uh, you know, I get someone who has to listen to a lot of music and constantly keep listening to things on shuffle and random because I, I grow weary of the same, you know, even an artist I love, I can grow weary of fairly quickly. And so I think one of the things I love about printmaking is that there's always a new skill to be, to be an improving and there are, so many technical things to learn and as on top of the uh, the aesthetic components that it's always presenting me with new challenge and as my ideas change i sometimes have these realizations that maybe a different technique would achieve that better than what i'm using and leap into that or i'll you know go to a conference and see someone who's doing something that i haven't seen before and you know my brain starts working how would that relate to what i'm doing and how can i learn more about that sure sure well and it's it's interesting because you, you brought up that idea of you know the way that you're exploring your subjects as you were coming there you're kind of you know working through these narratives but not necessarily being interested even in, in what what came before it or what came after it um so how, how did you how did you come to to making making work at the time did you continue that process for a while through your undergraduate degree or was there any kind of clarity as you graduated and eventually decided to, to pursue a graduate degree. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, looking for clarity in undergraduate <laughs> work. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was very interested in the figure at that point and I was, um, you know, I think as, as many undergraduates do you, you discover artists and movements and it feels like you've, uncovered something so magical that no one's ever seen before uh you know and then later you kind of look back and and are a little dismayed at how derivative your work was and how uh many other undergraduates are having the same epiphanies at the same time right right uh, so yeah so my so a lot of that work it was very figurative based and i get in that in that constant desire to look back and, and spin my life into a story that makes sense. Um, I look at it and definitely see elements of sort of wrestling with the idea of the, the body and, and the person's physical, physical identity versus mental identity, I suppose. And, you know, I was all into the German expressionists and Leon Golub and these sort of raggedy angsty figures you know i love the, the the idea of 
I could do a self-portrait by attacking a piece of wood with a chisel. Uh, That sort of aggressive, emotional component of of depiction, which (laughs) I say all these things and you wouldn't see any of that in my current work. Right, right. I I just think that sort of dealing with with identity and self, I can now look back and say I see those those glimmers in there. At the time, you know, I was just doing what what made me excited and what I was interested in. Yeah, and I and I think something to kind of move on for that before that next transition that I, that I'm kind of curious about too is that you know, visual, we get an idea of maybe what some of the subjects were, but like visually, were you interested in in similar things in terms of especially like I would say like the like the color palette or you know playing around with the different ways that you could represent something, you know, something that looks more like it was, you know, um, etched into kind of like a line drawing versus something that's more of like a cross-hatched drawing. You know, I think a lot of elements, well, definitely a lot of things from that time informed my later work, but overall I think one of the things that, that was most shaping and forming of it overall I think was just the... I guess the, the nature of the, the program where I studied, it was a, a very small program with a lot of individual faculty attention, but it was a, a very, I guess to say a very nurturing program, and I got to try so many different things, and at times it was hard to, you know, it might be hard to look at them as cohesively, but I really, I appreciate being given the, the freedom and the expectation to explore so many different things, you know, being within printmaking and within my own work as well as just media wise and and being expected to to dabble in every different field in some capacity uh and so in that kind of mixing and dabbling and and trying different styles i think at the time they were more separate for me and then as you know in my more more recent work i think i have gone to back to really enjoying being able to work in a couple different different styles of, of drawing and different color palettes and those things, and then trying to figure out how I can make them work in the same image. So, you know, what was the transition then afterwards in terms of graduating that, that led you to graduate school? Because I noticed, you know, there's a period of time missing, and, you know, before this interview we were talking about, you know, making big big transitions sometimes and yeah. taking big moves. Is, is that what happened? or? Ye- yeah. I mean, um, I... I graduated, and as many, um, I think many fine arts graduates, I had lofty plans or lofty ideas, and few practical plans for executing them. And I, I started kind of looking around, thinking I, I wanted to go to graduate school, but doing it in that that mentality of you're not sure what else to do. Uh, you know, so I started looking at things and this just realized, uh, you know, I wasn't ready to even start thinking about just the thought of the paperwork to start doing some of that was more than I could handle <laughs> at the time. Right. So that, took, that you know, that meant it was a, a good indicator that I wasn't really ready and didn't know what I was doing. So I, I worked and I worked at a restaurant. I worked at a, uh, I worked at an after school program for middle school kids doing art and I had worked throughout high school and worked throughout college but it was the first time I'd ever actually just had a a job and not school so you know it was interesting it was kind of fun and I also I made some art I 
you know, of course had no no press access or anything like that, and ended up doing these these little. I mean, I was doing a lot of sewing, and I made the I did a, a show of these little dolls that I put into a gallery space and had this funky little doll installation thing, and that was actually kind of a a breakthrough and, and a lot of fun, you know, figuring out how to make art out of my home. And I, I had done some little sewing and doll projects as, as an undergraduate, but um, there was something about being having gone through a lot of training in in printmaking and drawing and, and some of the fine arts, there was something fun to go do something that I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, you know, kind of just get back in touch a little bit with completely winging it. So, so that was fun. So I did some shows at that time, and I also then started taking, uh, I took a couple of printmaking classes at at a different school there, which was also a kind of a really interesting experience for me uh, to to see printmaking from a totally different standpoint of a different school with a very different structure and a different program and uh, take some different media that that was the main reason I wanted to take lithography because it was not offered at my at my school and I was thinking if I was eventually going to try to go to graduate school in printmaking I should know what this lithography thing was all about um, so I took you know a class there that was a pretty you know, ultimately now I'm teaching lithography, so it was a pretty shaping class in that regard. Right. Well, and it's it's interesting too because you know you you talk about all these different experiences that you know a lot of students are are dealing with, especially after they you know immediately graduate, they're kind of figuring out their place. And I think one of the things that it's hard to to know to know at the time, I think, is how much that that kind of life experience really kind of enriches you know what you do or, or makes you more serious about it in the case of you know like how do you become a, a printmaker when you don't have facilities <laughs> you know? yeah yeah well you know we talked a little before the interview but those moments where students sometime will will ask me advice about doing these things after after they graduate and after school and i'm i'm trying to lead them in the best way possible and then in the back of my mind i'm going boy who am i to give advice you know i took road trips around the country and, you know, was sleeping in my car and staying at youth hostels and right. just being a, a bum, <laughs> you know, and, and like not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to give much more practical advice than, than how I lived. Right. Right. Well, so what, what brought you back to, to school then eventually? Well, I was, I was thinking about it more seriously and I was, I was realizing, um, through through taking the classes at Metropolitan State College of Denver, which is where I was taking lithography, and I took a monotype course there. But I came back to to those courses after having been out of school not terribly long, but I've been out a, a year or so, and I realized I, I kind of missed I missed some of those things. And that I when I decided to apply to graduate school, as I said, when I had first considered it, I couldn't even bear the thought of trying to put together the paperwork and. When I was getting ready to apply again, I was I was excited about it. You know, I was really, I, I was excited to to put together my work and to really think about making that next step. And that was helpful to know that it was something I was really ready to do. Well, it, and I'm curious too, because you know, just considering the you know the representative images, I mean, was it something too where you felt like you could really kind of have that have that freedom to I don't know really push those conceptual you know experiments in your work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I felt 
I I enjoyed some I enjoyed the the freedom of my time just making my own work, but I also kind of realized I wanted to be pushed further and pushed to further levels. I I, I don't know what I would have done had I not gone to, to graduate school, but I think it would have been a lot slower. I, I recognized that I I was not necessarily providing the challenges, or I wasn't as as equipped to to push myself as hard as I, I wanted to be. And so I, I was looking you know, to kind of make that next, that next jump and try to, to progress as an artist. And, you know, also just really thinking about whether or not uh, being involved in, sure. well, in and, sort of and art in instruction of, in terms was of something the, the I was interested in. So was, I mean, was you know, that kind of idea curious of, about you filling know, that out as well. Doing embroidery or, you know, I guess almost printmaking on objects. Um, is that something that, that you then kind of pursued then when you started and came back to printmaking or was it kind of like a, a balance between the two or I, you know, I, I, I balanced the two when I first went into graduate school, I really jumped back into printmaking and I had gotten more into it again by, by taking some classes and, and working and then being thrust back into or being thrust into to graduate school. I guess there's immediately that feeling like you come in, at least for me, I came in and you look at what the, what the top level undergraduates are doing, you know, I saw some of the the graduating printmakers, and I saw some of the stuff they're doing, and I, I was going, "Oh man, you know, there's some good stuff. Right. I better, I really need to to step up my game and kind of prove that I'm that I'm the next step above. I got to be technically, you know, raise my my level conceptually, raise my level. I got I I need to do that in order to feel justified in being you know the TA in a class." Well, it's interesting because, you know, I, I've, I feel like I've gone far or been removed enough from that situation that I'm trying to look back on it myself. But I think one of the things that I noticed, and I, I only took a little bit of time off, but I would imagine that, you know, having such a separation between, you know, when you completed a degree and then going back, I mean, did that give you a little bit more, I guess, in the way of feeling confident in terms of just, you know, utilizing this time to really explore what you wanted to explore instead of, you know, kind of continuing that idea of working on something that you're not really happy with, but you just do that anyways. Well, all right. As as I'm thinking, I believe I took it wasn't that much time. I think I took a year and a half. Okay, I believe. Um, I I believe that's right. I think I took a year and a half between undergraduate and graduate school. I intended to take two years, and I ended up going in mid midway through the semester. So, um, so yeah, it's that that tendency to I think back over time and time stretches out and that that year and a half felt like a very long year and a half because it was such a a different little span of my life (laughs) sure sure well and and so what was it what was it any different too in terms of the way that you know um people would bring up uh you know artists to look at or subjects to research or or do you know written papers about is that something that was also kind of really pushed in terms of you know that conceptual side of your work. Yeah, definitely, and and that was those were some of the things I was really looking for going back into graduate school. Again, uh, on my own, you I researched what I was interested in, and though you know there were the threads that I followed that were what I would would choose. But uh, I had been introduced to a, a good number of things through undergraduate, but still, the, you know, I kind of. I had my limited range of choices and comforts, and so going into graduate school and being 
being forced to read things that I didn't like and disagreed with, being forced to read things that I found so painfully difficult to try to, you know, some of the theories that were so challenging to to comprehend and to, to struggle my way through and all that, doing all the things that I, that was beneficial, but less enjoyable that I wouldn't have forced myself to do on my own. So those things were, were very, very beneficial and yeah, kind of taught a lot about researching and looking into art and, and pursuing those things. And I also think once leaving Colorado, I went to going to graduate school in Kansas. I had, I had envisioned my graduate experience to be some sort of metropolitan coastal experience, uh, you know, getting even further from my, my small town life. And instead I ended up in Southern Kansas. Um, but something that really impressed me there was the amount of research that everyone was doing that there were definitely art uh, venues in the city and around, but then people were also paying more attention, I think, to, uh, to publications, you know, to to magazines, to what's happening in the broader art world. I think because the uh, because the selection there, again, not that limited. There are a lot of good things, but that sense of being so far from uh, the the coast and those bigger areas that you you research a little more. Right, right. Well, and I would think too that just being in the in a, in a different setting has got to be a, a big a big change. I mean, were there a lot of opportunities too in terms of, you know, exploring installation and and playing around with different materials and the especially the way that you interact with your peers and and kind of share ideas and get excited about art. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, it, once more it was a smaller program, and so a lot of a lot of intimate interaction with the other graduates. And I also think, and this is something I enjoy in Bloomington uh, Normal as well, but something about these smaller cities and areas that are a little little further away from some of the, the bigger hubs is you have opportunities of, of space and materials that can be a little more challenging in some other situations. Um, you know, the opportunities to to get to use a massive space somewhere for whatever you want. You know, those things are, are pretty, pretty exciting. And, and there were some good opportunities for that at that time. And again, in, in some of the other places I've lived as well. So that's exciting to see. And I think those are, those are some of the benefits to the, the slightly offbeat, off the beaten track sort of places. You know, kind of looking back on it and, you know, discussing some of the ways that you're kind of exploring, again, you know, the the objects and, and, and working with those and then also all the print work. Um, was there a way that or was there a reason that kind of working with a, a tangible thing, did that help you kind of um, identify more with whatever thing you were trying to say with a, a particular piece? I, I'm interested in, you know, how that idea of playing around with identity and awkwardness and trying to, to figure out your identity became something that the work was was driven by. Yeah, well, I think that, that I dic- the, the idea of the, the difference between uh, depicting something and then actually, you know, something, that was something that was, that was interesting to me at that time. You know, for a while I'd, been, I'd sort of been trying to illustrate things, and then I started thinking, why not 
make an actual thing. Or sometimes when I was stuck, and I still do this, sometimes I, I create, you know, I'll create something that I will then draw and use into my, into my prints or into my, my other projects where I just, I wanted to physically create it. There wasn't something that existed in the world that, that needed to fill that void. But particularly throughout graduate school, I was really, I was sort of looking back and looking into, uh, looking a lot of, at high school and not just my high school experience, but just the, the idea of, of high school as the sort of training to be social adults and the, the odd little uh, rituals and things that are all kind of designed to, to prep people to go out and be productive people in the world. And so throughout them, then I started, again, becoming more interested in, in some objects uh, existing in their own right as opposed to being depicted. Well, it seems, I think, I think the reason that I asked it especially is just because it seems like there's a, a level of being very specific with what you're referencing. Right. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that's part of it. And I think also, you know, is kind of exploring the idea of uh, almost pretending to be characters a little bit. So right, right. Making, making art where I wanted people to not only think about, you know, even an image, making an image where I didn't just want people to think about the image, but thinking about who made it. Um, so uh, many, some good things and many failed experiments and things came out from that time, you know, doing, I was doing drawings on notebook paper and, and trying to tap back into my high school angst doodles and things like that a little bit. But a a piece I'll mention that because I was like a, when a musician has a great song that they never repeat, (laughs) but I did, I did this sculpture that so eloquently said what I was trying to say that then I just didn't know what to do with, it's like, well, I kind of, I did that. <laughs> uh, but it was a piece I, I made a, I made a baseball bat at this time. And I, I learned how to use the lathe and turned this bat. And I made this awkward little chunky bat that kind of reminded me of those, I don't know if you ever had those red plastic, it wasn't the wiffle ball bat, but those little fat red bats that weren't very good for hitting anything. Uh, so it kind of reminded me of that. And then I, I took these little, this, these metal letters and stamped the words pick me into it until I kind of beat the middle part of it to a, a kind of a, a pulp. And I, you know, it's a piece I'm still really pleased with, but then again, it's like, well, be like, so what, what next sculpture are you going to do? I go, well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that, that said it. Right, right. And in a way, it was, it was, it was great, but it was also. I have to say, with my two-dimensional work, I never feel like I get it right. So I always feel like there's more room to keep trying because I, I did that piece. And I go, well, I, I don't really have anything left in that regard. Right, right. Well, so so how did how did that get resolved in terms of your graduate work? And then you know, I especially want to delve into to some of the current goings on and and you know, how you've been processing your work in the past couple of years. Well, when I, when I put together my, my thesis show, it had a, a combination of a lot of different, a lot of different media in there, a lot of print, but then also like that, that, that baseball bat piece was in there. I had a couple dolls. I had some, some monotypes and some lithographs and a lot of ballpoint pen drawings and, uh, a good number of, of relief prints. So 
a bit of everything in there and I think some of it worked and some of it maybe didn't work quite as well together but for me and now I look back and some of the significance was I was all the things were still separate I guess you know I was taking all these different things and I was grouping them through proximity and trying to get them to to converse and so this kind of harkens back to what we were talking earlier. How the, it eventually, it was just this revelation that came after I finished graduate school, and I was, I was teaching and working, and I just finally figured out how I could stick two of my different projects together and say something better than they were saying individually. Right. Or at right. least I felt they were better. <laughs> no, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and, and I, is that then what's representative of? Um, you know, kind of the work that, that follows that, that 3D-based work that's on your site in terms of all the prints that come afterwards? Yeah, you know, um, well, also as, a, as an artist and as a, a printmaker, I'd say oftentimes what I do is, is sometimes, uh, you know, it's shaped by where I am and, and what do I have access to. And so I ended up back, back in Colorado and... Um, I taught for a little while, actually, back at the University of Denver for a short bit of time. And then I taught for a longer time at, at Metropolitan State College of Denver. And having access to a bunch of print materials and being an adjunct in that sense of never knowing whether I would have a chance to use any of these things, you know, in six months, they may <laughs> I may not be able to use these things. So right, right. I just... I really wanted to jump into taking advantage of all those things. You know, I realize when you're in school and in graduate school, you take for granted that everything is there. You know, uh, the resources are just incredible that are at your fingertips. And then once more, you know, you're out on your own and are stuck with what you have in your house. So, so yeah, I, I leapt in and I just I started attacking printmaking with, when I have access to these things, I'm going to do them and I can do this and that, you know, there were all these resources and I started jumping at them and, and started, again, started mixing things together. I'd been doing all these little linoleum blocks and I started printing them on top of some other things and I'd experimented with it before and I, I can't tell, I can't say why suddenly something worked for me. I can just say that I I did some and I, I was pleased and kept trying to do it well and it, it leads me to wonder too and and again maybe for um those painters out there um at least predominantly painters like myself you know what are, what is the process that that's involved then too in terms of you know do you have to kind of how do you plan these out you know do you sketch these out do you use um images um could you kind of walk us through the the process of maybe you know how how you were thinking about printmaking and literally like how they're coming together when I when I plan out my work, it's it's kind of hard to describe because it it varies quite a bit. But uh, I I kind of pull together images and thoughts and things that I'm I'm do a lot of sketching of of individual things that catch my attention. And sometimes I have a plan for them, and sometimes I don't. Uh, and oftentimes I, I start a lot with with words and phrases for me. So I will. I will jot down a series of words and terms and, and things that I'm thinking about, and and then I sort of I, I tend to do a lot of thumbnail sketching, lots and lots of little sketches where I move things around. Depending on what media I'm working with, sometimes 
and I think this was helpful for me earlier on when I was doing little linoleum blocks, is I would carve them and I would actually I would take a little linoleum block and I would lay it on top of one of my etched zinc plates and move it around until I found out where in the composition I liked it and then took other elements that I'd been thinking about and mixed them together and you know physically made these little arrangements and then would would print them out. And I would say I, I do that less now, but but I, I do that in my sketching a lot more. Uh, so I kind of mentioned earlier, it's I'm not always the best at, at completely planning out an artwork or thing like that well ahead of time. It's really helpful to see it visually, and, and surprises happen for me when I you know, think about placing things in different places next to each other and seeing what happens. So uh, it's kind of a, a learning process and a little bit of a, a mystery for me as I mix those things together. And I can't, I don't, you know, I don't know if it works for, for viewers or other people. I'm always hoping so. But for me, there, there'll be a moment where it's like everything clicks into focus a little bit and I sort of feel I like where everything sits. I, I, every, it's working together in such a way that it creates a, more of a, a mood and the hint of a of a story than anything else. And and once I once I'm feeling that, I I print it and I start, you know, I start working on printing and I start playing with the the colors and experimenting with those as well. And you know, as I think with anyone, sometimes I do it all and it's just a flop. Sometimes I realize my my original idea wasn't that great. Sometimes I do it and just realize I don't think the execution has satisfied the idea. You know, I like the idea better than how it manifested and I need to go back and rework it and figure out how to actually make this idea come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was going to ask then, you know, too, it seems like there's a, a number of different things that um, repeat throughout the works, you know, um, the figure, which, you know, you talked about, you know, way back, I think in undergrad, I mean, is certainly something that will pop up and it seems like earlier it was maybe more autobiographical and at some point maybe moved more towards, um, again, maybe different kinds of identities, but it's interesting because there are certain things that kind of carry over for me, you know, whether, yeah. whether it be there's some figurative element or, you know, there's a lot of them that kind of feel like they have this this background that kind of creates a atmosphere, or a setting, or kind of solicits that the viewer to kind of come up with um, almost like a response to the to the way that you could be in that situation. I mean, are any of these things uh, <laughs> hitting hitting the? Uh, I guess at least an eighteen or yeah, yeah, no, on the bullseye. Definitely, you know, I I guess I when I think about putting them together, I kind of think when I think about putting my pieces together, I'm often thinking. Uh, Sort of of telling a story, but not, you know, not one that that's at all spelled out. And yeah, early on, everything was about me. <laughs> but then, you know, I just realized it's it's frankly a lot more interesting to to tell stories with other characters. And I'm making everything sound very literary, but but that that idea of, you know, then I I want to tell the story, but it's not important that that an image of me is in there. You know, it's a, it's a story about, uh, people and working, you know, interacting with each other, figuring out how to live with each other and, uh, all the, the complexities of, of relationships and interactions and all those things. And 
the whole goal is that it's hopefully things that everyone relates to in some capacity and uh, trying to, to address things that are personal enough that they touch uh, personal thoughts from, from people, but also, again, expanding the, the, the figures and symbols and metaphors in a way that can be more broadly accessible. Yeah, I think that definitely comes across. And I think, you know, in terms of trying to solve that, um, that idea of being, um, you know, reminiscent of a, a, you know, a master artist and, and you're trying to look for your identity in that, I think there's something that's very interesting about, you know, trying to utilize all these different um, characters, as, as you call them, to kind of embody that. Um, and it's very interesting because then you're allowed to kind of jump around with, with who your, who your, uh, your character is, or maybe what the content of something is, the way that it's described or, you know, the color schemes and things like that. But I think especially one of the things that, um, starts to come out too, is that to me, it seems like the works becomes a bit more humorous and, and kind of, um, carefree in a way that maybe it sounds like the older work was much more, um, I don't know, foreboding or, or, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, or heavy. Definitely, yeah, it was a little little heavier handed, I would, I would say, earlier. And I think my work is, I try to address serious things and it's it's important to me, but it was also important to to have fun for me to, when I was making my work. And I think that was again, a, sort of an epiphany for me at one point where I was trying to get so serious with my work that I realized I wasn't, I had lost a little bit of my my joy. I was trying to make everything so heavy, and it was, you know, it was fun to get back to this to be whimsical because I feel like even my my jokes, the things I I, I laugh at, I think are still weird enough that I <laughs> that that I find them interesting to make art about. No, and I th- I think it's I think it's very interesting because you start to kind of allow the viewer to kind of piece together. Um, these kind of different elements too, you know, the, the way that you're combining these different things and, um, I don't know, kind of really almost allowing them to be able to, to make a, a narrative or like a story in relationship to that. But then also, obviously you have certain intentions there too. Um, is, is there a level that you're, that you're looking for in terms of a response from people when they, when they see your work? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for, I think as, as you, you described things fairly well, it's like, these series of clues, but that the I'm not looking for people to solve everything or even necessarily get exactly my plan out of it. But I'm I'm trying to kind of create a mood and at least get the the conversation and the thought rolling in, in the direction that I find interesting. And again I related a little bit to uh to literature and, and some authors and somewhat like I think about um like Faulkner's The Sound and the Fury for me, which is a book I don't I don't understand what all happens in it exactly, but I have this I have an idea. And I feel like if I if I reread it, you know, you, you read through and it's this this story told by multiple characters and things don't fully make sense and I kind of you're kind of getting what's going on. Uh you know, for, it was the same way with uh, Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace for me. I I read those sort of stories and it, I felt like you know, this is how my mind works. Everything's, there's this jumble and I kind of look for a, a flow through it, but, but it's not a neat and orderly progression. I feel like there's, I'm always 
kind of piecing things together and kind of trying to figure out what what it means. Well, and it's something that, you know, kind of getting back to that idea of the universal and, you know, I mean, and maybe that's, you know, a question that, you know, the viewer is something that always, always pops up and, you know, in classrooms and in here, just because, you know, we've been thinking about it so much. Um, but it, it really lends itself to that. I think that idea of, um, really allowing people to kind of, um, I don't know, have their hand in it. If, 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 yeah. you, if you will, you know, I think, you know, heavy, you've used the word heavy handed to describe certain things and, you know, I think everybody that's, you know, at least happy with what they're doing now can kind of look back at something, you know, even maybe a couple of years ago. Gosh, man, it's so, <laughs> so direct. But um, yeah. I think it really just allows um, for that right balance. You know, it seems like there's a there's a balance that people are looking for in terms of having something that's, you know, uh, interesting to kind of investigate. But then also, you know, that isn't so direct that there's no... There's nothing to work out, and I think that's one of the things that's interesting because you see the way that these images work, and you're starting to want to piece together some kind of narrative, or, or kind of almost, um, you know, treat them like they're these kind of found things that you're trying to decipher. Something that I think about is, is that for me, it's kind of a this tricky balance where if you if you are too try to be too vague and too all encompassing, that you're so vague you don't say anything that connects to anyone. Uh, and so trying to be personal enough and, and specific enough in things that they, they utilize and work with in my art that people can relate to, but at the same time not becoming so individual about it that it becomes just a story about me versus an experience about that can be related to on a little bit broader level. Well, and, you know, it's it's one of those things that makes me, too, want to see the works in person, um, you know, to see the way that all of these different layers can, can interact and, you know, kind of bounce off of each other. And, again, I think it was, you know, very poignant to kind of talk about, you know, how at an earlier time some of these things were very separate and now they're all kind of linked together for you to kind of question it in, in the same image. Yeah, you know, I at the same time, I one of my friends was was teasing me because sometimes it takes a while to make work for me and I was kind of bemoaning the fact and my friend said, Well you you've done really four separate pieces that you've all stuck together into one six by nine inch sheet of paper. <laughs> and you know, it's really true, you know, when you're combining individual processes and techniques it each takes a span of time to create and then you know, what really could be a series of different pieces now gets compacted into to one little space. Well, one thing that I just that just popped up in my head that, I'm, that I am curious about that we haven't talked about is, um, you know, I, I know, like, again, if you if you look at the works on the website, um, they're just listed um, individually. Are, are you um, the type of printmaker that has these massively editioned out or are they are they kind of one one shot, you know, kind of prints? You know, it's it's a bit of a mixture. Uh, a good number of them are addition to some degree, and some are not. And you know, it, it depends. More recently, a lot more of my work has been additioned for a span of time, especially. I would, and I still work periodically with these these little linoleum cuts, and I tend to use those. Uh, you know, when I print them individually, I feel like. They are their little individual thing. I don't typically edition them. I treat them, uh, it sounds so 
uh, invaluable, not valuable to talk about them as like clip art sort of thing. But, you know, it's just this thing where this is a little piece and I, I will print it into various things and I, I will addition a work of art with this one little visual element in it and only print a set number that way. But uh, I might keep that little block and it may, I may work back into it and print it back on something else. It may exist in the its same form and be recombined with something else. Uh, so, I don't know, kind of like like characters in comic books or something or uh like did you ever you know red meat that little cartoon strip yeah yeah where it's just the same character the characters don't change panel to panel it's only shifting dialogue so i kind of take inspiration from that idea somewhat where i'll have a little i'll have this element and it can appear in different works and say totally different things well, you know, normally I ask people what um, what's in the horizon in terms of shows, but obviously you've got a show coming up with, um, you know, Jan Brandt next week, yep. and and um, are there going to be a lot of new works in there, or a mix, or what what, what can yeah, we expect there? It's going to be a mix. Um, some, you know, definitely some newer works and some more expanding a, a couple of years. Some bodies of work that I haven't uh, haven't been able to display. Some of it hasn't been displayed at all. Some hasn't been displayed together. And uh, while I don't always think of everything in series, I do go through these spans of time where I create a body of work that I I feel really relate to each other in size and scale and execution and these various things. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing them them together in different units. And so, yeah, so it's kind of a mix of, of some things I've done since coming here and some things... I've done at various times. One one challenge I've faced a little bit is uh, just I've moved quite a bit in the last couple of years, and each each move is kind of you know you pack up your all your studio and stuff and get somewhere new and unpack it. So there's these little breaks in my production that have occurred, and I'm really I'm really looking forward to to staying in one place a little bit longer and being able to to not go through a, a move and a transition in the near future and and really just make consistent work. Right, right. Well, um, you know, again, that exhibition opens up next week, Saturday, May 11th from 7 to 9. So, right. um, you know, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be great to meet you in person. But, again, hopefully everybody can make it out and, um, you know, check out uh, these works in person. Right. Well, you know, and I'm I'm uh, I've been looked at some of your your work as well. I'm really interested to see it in in person. Also, you know, f- from looking at the work and the conversation. But I'm yeah interested to see the the work feeding off of each other because I think we you know we're in the separate spaces. But it seems like we're both. Uh, I don't know from looking at your work. There's a lot of again that idea of identity and and tied to to space and place and and areas and things like that. And, you know, I think there's some interesting sort of conceptual back and forth between the two shows. It should be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say something, but not, not wanting to, (laughs) not wanting to, to, you know, drum up my own work. But, um, um, no, I think that's something that's interesting, you know, certainly something that kind of plays off of each other. And I think, you know, a lot of those things that we've been discussing are, are really paralleled, um, you know, and I think I can certainly relate to the idea of, you know, revisiting um, an idea that you haven't really been able to work through or it's been, you know, in some kind of transitory 
you know, setting where you haven't been able to focus on it. So, you know, some of the works that I've been doing are, you know, kind of things that I've wanted to try out for a little while. And this is, um, you know, the perfect opportunity. So it sounds like yeah. we're, we're going to have a, a nice ping pong effect, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks again for, um, you know, joining me and, uh, you know, looking forward to sharing this interview and, uh, you know, seeing the show. And again, I hope everybody comes out to see it. So thanks for coming on. Well, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks again to Morgan for joining us. And, of course, please check out his work, MorganPriceArt.com. And if you can see it in person, please come out to Monkey Business, which opens up Saturday, May 11th at Jan Brandt Gallery from 7 to 9 p.m. in Bloomington, Illinois. So please come see the work in person. And you can also see my work in person. Again, that show Emerge that I'm in, featuring a bunch of new paintings, is up the same night right across the way. So two solo shows, one night at Jan Brandt Gallery. Come check it out. Of course, if you're looking to check out more artwork, you can go through all of our archives at studiobreak.com. Again, simply look over to the left on the sidebar. There's an archive feature that allows you to go month by month and you can see all the great podcasts that you've missed out on. Again, we've got a lot of different artists, national, local, regional, so please go ahead and check them out. Each of them have slideshows of their work, as well as links to their websites, so go and peruse. Of course, there are a variety of ways that you can reach out to Studio Break. One is through our Facebook page, a common way to say hello or share your comments on a post or interview or anything like that, so please feel free to do that, and to be sure to like us there. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break, and subscribe to us in iTunes. Of course, any comments that you leave would be greatly appreciated, and if you're feeling extra generous, you can always donate to the podcast using the Donate button. Our music this week brought to you by Skylar Mail, who was a participating artist on this podcast, episode 55. So go ahead and check that out. He's got a really interesting story. Taking us in is Siamese, Viennese, and taking us out, Thermodynamics. So go ahead and check out episode 55 with Skylar Mail from Chicago and also an Illinois State University alumni. Just some last announcements before we get out of here. If you happen to be a recent graduate or you're just looking to get your work out there, you can apply to the 2013 Studio Break competition. Again, it's open to students, undergraduate and graduate, as well as professional artists. So please visit studiobreak.com and find out more there. Just look to the upper left and you'll find a, a page that describes everything in detail. Again, submissions are very simple with a $10 donation. Our juror this year is Mark Harold Ponder from Box 13 Art Space in Houston. He's a really interesting curator and artist, so please apply, and if you'd like, share it with whoever would be interested. Our last announcement is that MFA Painters opens up at Eversmore Gallery May 10th in Chicago from 6 to 9 p.m. Again, those artists will be all MFA students from Illinois State University, and it should be an excellent show, so I hope to see some of you out there and at Jan Brandt Gallery this Saturday. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll talk to you real soon.